Hello, you are listening to the Poster Podcast. This is Cyrus Rogers. I'm here with Kaunda. Chama Kaunda, how's it going, man? Going good, going good. I need some sleep tonight, but uh, yeah, great. Uh, I had fun last night. This is one of the worst things about being an African NBA fan is that the time zones kill you. When you're trying to watch a finals game or even a WNBA game, you know, you're going to have to try and ride off the next day. And I mean, we're going to be talking about uh, the NBA finals game four. We're going to be talking about the WNBA um, all-star game. Both of those were really, really impressive and really interesting um, in, in, for different reasons, because, you know, uh, the NBA Finals are just incredible. You know, it's, it's the pinnacle of men's basketball. And the WNBA All-Star Game was very entertaining and very competitive because of the format that they chose this year with the uh, WNBA All-Star team facing Team USA as they build up to, to the Olympics. So, Kanda, I mean, you know, it was just a, a, so much basketball for you. You probably woke up with like a full belly. Absolutely, I was stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It, you know, it was a busy night, Cyrus. The the the, the WNBA All Star Game started at one a.m. and by the time it was finishing around three, it was time to get into Game Four of the NBA Finals. And you know, I just kept on ticking. Uh, like five, half past five in the morning, uh, Central yep. African time. So, so yeah, yeah, maybe no a cup of. Many a cup of tea was consumed. The wicked did not get any rest. And here we are. But Cyrus, if, if there's one thing I must say is it was just entertaining. It was nonstop entertainment because obviously with the, with the WNBA All-Star Game, you had to, you had to look at uh, what Team USA is doing, the, women's, uh, the selection for the women's national team. At the same time, you got to see uh, the, 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 the women that were selected for the WNBA All-Star Team battle it out. You had, uh, the uh, the three point contest at the half halfway point, and then uh, obviously after that game, you just had to you know maybe sneak in another cup of tea, and then there you go. Uh, it was the Bucks was versus hard. the Suns. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's start off with um, with the the uh, NBA Finals because I think it's really important for us to understand where we are, what's going on, and what happened in Game Four. Now um, the Bucks have evened up the series. Um, we're two games apiece here in the NBA Finals. Um, a 109-103 victory for the Bucks over the Phoenix Suns. But it was really a game of the two 40-point scorers in this one. Though, obviously, the supposed support cost in terms of Giannis and Nakupo in this particular game um, really came up big. So, you know, what did you see in this Suns-Bucks game that, that really stood out for you? Was it that the Bucks just, you know, looked like presumptive champions? Or do, do you think it's, you know, a home court thing? What do, what stood out for you? Cyrus, uh, I think for, for, for the first time, I was honestly convinced that we have an equal challenge going on here. It's, I think it's equal on both sides. When the okay. Suns show up big, they win. When the Bucks show up big, they win. And I think it being equal with with both teams keeping a clean sheet at home, it goes to show you that uh, home court and that home crowd plays a big part. I mean, you saw where, where, when the Bucks were, were, were in Arizona, that Arizona crowd, Cyrus, was going nuts. Every time Phoenix would do something great, they would erupt. And every time poor, I'll call him poor, just for this statement, because he's nowhere near that, Poor Yanis Atatakumpo, when he would go to the free throw line, the countdown would start. Yep. And, and, and it, 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 I think it would just 
they were trying to put him off his mojo and sometimes they would succeed i mean he's admitted himself in certain interviews that yeah when you've got twenty thousand people counting you down from 10 to 0 it does get in your head a little bit but as you saw that wasn't the case when they went home i think i saw one of a zealous fan Sans fan to an account and i think halfway through he even lost <laughs> I, I don't know which school that guy went to but <laughs> you don't do that away from home we don't do that here <laughs> no but 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 he was counting from 10 to 0 and he lost the number sequence along the way and i was like okay i guess he had a bit of libation before the start oh, of the game man. but cyrus Head in the in game all seriousness, right in, in all seriousness this is an equal contest cyrus and i think um one thing you you spoke about a little bit, I think, in the previous podcast was like Middleton and, and, and Holiday really need to step up as the key, yeah. uh, the, the, the the key supporting uh, you know cast for 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 Yanis. And I think that's what uh, Middleton happened uh, managed to do in Game Four. I mean, he came out big, forty points. And I was predicting, if you remember, that it was time for Drew Holiday to have a big standout yeah. game. And I guess uh, Chris Middleton heard me and said, no, I'm a show calendar, what time it is. It's time for me, actually, <laughs> to, to step up and, and put up a 40-point game. Because can you imagine, he did so much work that Yanis didn't have to exert himself that much. Because during Yanis's back-to-back 40-point game, 40-plus point games, you saw he was quite exhausted at the at the end of each game and, and and i saw him having a little bit of energy left at the end of this one because chris did do some heavy lifting as well as some of the other members of the supporting cast but overall cyrus to me this now seems that i can tell now it's it's even steven cyrus it i know there's no steven on any team that yeah you know. <laughs> not on any of the rosters but, but but what's intriguing for me, and, and you mentioned it here about Middleton, is that when you look at it, I mean, the Suns in particular, well, let's, let's look at shooting, because Middleton scores 40 points, right? Mm-hmm. And he, his 40 points came from um, making 15 of his field goals. Uh, he took 33 shots, though. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was three of eight from three-point range. Um, and he also made seven of his eight free throws. So that was really how he accumulated his 40 points. And that's a, you know, a fairly good way to do that. You know, you make half your field goal attempts. Um, you also shoot a relatively okay average from three. I mean, you was 37.5% from three. And then obviously 87.5% from the free throw line. You compare that to um, Devin Booker's 42 points. And Book's points came from the floor and the free throw line. He was 17 of 28, 60%, 60.7% from the field um, during that game. He made no three-pointers, uh, but he was you know, also 88.9% from, from the free throw line. So when you look at it, Middleton was called upon to take some deeper shots and, uh, and he made those, whereas Booker just couldn't make his threes. And, and this whole entire finals has been plagued by really, really bad three-point shooting from both teams. The Bucks shot 24.1 percent from three uh, from three-point range the mm-hmm. suns shot 30.4 percent from uh three-point range but when you look at those numbers you're looking at seven out of 23 for the suns and then for the bucks seven out of 29 i mean it's been disastrous so when you then say okay fine the threes are not falling let's take it into the paint that's when the likes of Giannis and middleton from mid-range start to uh, start to come to the fore I don't know if that's going to be the case in, in, in Phoenix because 
in game one, the Suns just couldn't miss. It didn't matter where the ball was. You know, they, they were just checking it up and going in. If the Suns struggle and, and, and Chris Middleton, um, sorry, Chris Paul um, sort of is struggling again because he was just horrific. He was like, he only had 10 points. He was minus 10 in the plus minus. He made five of 13 field goals, zero of two from um, um, three-point range, and he had no free throws. I mean, but the home crowd should lift him. The home crowd should lift CP3 to the next level. So um, I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to see a Suns that will be on fire. The question is, what kind of officiating we'll see in Phoenix, what happens with DeAndre Ayton, and whether or not he gets into foul trouble because the Bucks have really been pushing him. Um, and then what that crowd does to the Bucks because Drew Holiday's been struggling and the pressure is now even higher than it was before. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know what we're going to see in game in game six. Uh, sorry, in game five. Um, do you think, though, that this could be another turning point game where Middleton says, right, this is the one we got to win on the road. You're going to see the best of Cash Money, Chris. Well, um, Cyrus, I, I, I think game five is going to be interesting. For me, I think the pressures off the Bucks. And the uh, and the pressures back on the Suns because mm. what happens in this situation is you don't want to lose a home game, especially when your home record, you, you know, you can't afford to because now your 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 home record is clean. You've beaten them mm. at home, and they've beaten you at their home. So it's like okay, we're comfortable in our home spaces. Then if you dare lose now a game in your home court, that's a problem because if you're gonna go back to to to, to Milwaukee and then. You, you haven't got your crowd with you. You're only a few of your fans who probably come along, and then and it's a different environment. It's home to the to the opponents. That's Ooh. a problem. But look, one thing uh, that, that I think will play in the Suns' uh, favor is because the Suns themselves, when they're at home, as well as their fans, believe they can win this. They 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 they, they know. They, I mean, they've got an aging. Uh, floor general in, in Chris Paul, and he really wants that chip. This could be one of his last opportunities as a leader to get that chip. And then I think yeah. this is a Cinderella story coming out of Phoenix, where the Suns, okay, they did finish in a, in a, in a, in a high seeding, but yeah, we, we were all like, we were all like, ah, it's the Phoenix Suns. Maybe it's one of those situations that, that like the 2015 Atlanta Hawks, you know, finish re on top and then just flame out. But they've held on, and here they are in the finals. And I think they believe, Cyrus. That's 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 one thing. If I may sound cheesy here, they believe they can take it. They believe this is theirs to win. But on yeah. the other side, so do the Bucks, as you can see with the way Yanis is literally willing these guys to to yeah. to, to, to win it all. I mean, I, I don't know was it game two or game three where he could visibly be seen like egging on his teammates and punching the scene too. It was, was game, game two, two and they lost that game because yeah. he, he put up what, 40, 41 points? Um, in, in, it was in game two. Yeah, I think was it was that a 40, 41 but points. But it was, it was 40 plus games, but you could see that when you saw that they lost focus and, and they could have taken that game actually had they had they remained focused. He was, he was literally close to being angry. He looked like an angry coach. And that's we when I realized. Like that. 
yeah, you had never seen a Yanis like that on TV. So it, it goes to show you that actually he he has really now taken on that mantle as a leader of the Milwaukee Bucks, and he can tell that through him they can win. I, I think, and, and, and I might get chastised for this, but he's looking Jordan-esque, if you will. You, you know the way Jordan Jordan would control the Bulls. He would come in there and say, "If you don't believe you can win, please go home." We're here to take this, you know. I, I, I don't think yeah. you'd even put please. I, you know, I just didn't know what word I could fit in this with this use. being a family show, you know. <laughs> but you would say, get your do, do, do home if you yes. don't want to be here. Yeah. So, you, you know, Cyrus, I know I, I'm stretching it. Jordan, Yanis, you know, one's a six-time championship, probably the greatest to ever do it. The other one is a great African uh, player that's, uh, you know, taking the league by storm. But hey. I'm, I'm talking about willing your your, your core, you, you, you know, your 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 backup dancers, if I may call them that. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, your your supporting cast to say, guys, we can do this. Don't think those guys are better than us. They might have an all star and X, Y, and Z. I'm also an all star. Middleton, yep. you've been there yep. as well. Let's do this. You know, we, we can do this. Don't be scared. Just get out there. And I and I think. Game five is going to tell us a lot, Cyrus, about the temperament of both teams. This yeah, is not yeah. the time that Milwaukee will go to Phoenix and think, oh, we are away from home. We might as well just lose this one. No, Cyrus. Yeah, it's crunch home. time yeah. now. It's crunch time now. They, because if they take game five, Cyrus, I might even change my prediction and join you on the Buck squad and say, maybe it's Bucks, Bucks yeah. in six, you know, because I have predicted it's Suns in seven. But this is the decider, Cyrus, when everything is equal. And, and and the person or the team that loses the next game really falls heavy on that back foot. Exactly. And and I think what's interesting for me is that, I mean, like we were saying, you know, Giannis had 42 points in that in that loss. Um, but when you look at the, the sequence of, of how this finals has gone, right, the Bucks lost fairly big game one. I mean, that's like, it was a 13-point loss. Uh, yep. Suns scored 118 points. Bucks could only handle 105. Suns then score 118 again in game two. And the Bucks manage 108 points, so it was a 10-point mm -hmm. loss. But then you go to Game Three in Milwaukee, and the Bucks win by 20. I mean, yep. that was 120, 100. Then you look at this uh, Game Four, the Bucks win 109 uh, to 103. So that's just a six-point win for for the Bucks. And 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 so when you look at it, the home the home team has managed to to get you know scoring has been a lot easier for them. And, and potentially that could be about the free throw discrepancy because there has been one in both of these games. Those first two games, the Bucks really didn't get anybody to the free throw line other than Giannis and you know his struggles there, but he's been shooting the, the, you know free throws at a, a not so terrible rate in these finals. Um, but then you, you look at it and you say, okay, fine, game five, what has to happen? And often one of the things that people have been talking about, some of the other analysts has said that this is where the role players come into to play. Phoenix's role players haven't really done much. In fact, game four in particular was pretty, in fact, I, I think game three and game four were tough on, on the role players and, uh, for Phoenix. But when you look at, at, at um, guys like um, Mikael Bridges, they mm -hmm. just haven't lived up to the hype in the games in Milwaukee. Mikael Bridges has seven points in game four. He played yep. 25 minutes. You know, this is somebody who's really important for this team. Aiton had six points. Um, and, you know, that's just not good enough if you're trying to win a championship. Considering Chris Paul himself had only, uh, only had 10 points, that won't be the case when they go back home. 
So the Bucks have got to then turn around and say, who on our role players side can do a job? And that's where things get really tricky because they, they, both teams played shortened um, shortened rosters uh, in game four, like massively shortened rosters. But do you see somebody like PJ Tucker maybe scoring a couple points? Because he had zero in game four. Um, this is also where, you, you know, Pat Connaughton had 11 points, but Middleton had, um, sorry, Lopez had 14 points. Bobby mm-hmm. Portis had three points. Jeff Teague had two points. So, you know, you'd need to see more production from those guys if a Cam Johnson campaign or, or Mikhail Bridges come to the party. And I do think that that's what we're going to see in game five, that those guys will be like, okay, we're at home. We know this rim. We can go for it. But you could also have a Lopez game like he did in the Brooklyn series where suddenly Brook Lopez looks like a dude or rather not not Brooklyn but in uh, in the in the Hawks series where mm-hmm. he actually looked like he rolled back the years he was shooting some threes and making them um maybe Drew Holiday finally comes to the party because I think the most he scored in this series was uh, in game three uh, at home and then he had 17 points in Phoenix in game two so this is where the, the Bucks have got to say let's go for broke let's go for it and really try and get a lead in and stretch a lead is that something that's possible? Do you think that that the Bucks are capable of doing that, considering they don't have the sort of same level of role players as the Suns do? Look, Cyrus, is definitely possible. First, if you if you look at the Phoenix Suns, I think the Phoenix Suns, uh, the role players really struggled on the road. If you look at Mikhail Bridges, oh. Cyrus, only seven points in Game Four, right? Cam yeah. Johnson at least he had double figures, but barely double figures because he had ten points. But Cameron yeah. Payne, who's somebody that also explodes for them, uh, and, mm-hmm. and he's been doing that at home, only had nine points. He, he yeah. could have easily made double figures if you know if he was at home. And I say easily, you know, in inverted commas. But yeah. but, but look, Jay Crowder had fifteen points. DeAndre Ayton, I think it was the fear of getting into foul trouble that made him maybe less aggressive, if you will. Because because you know, only they, had two fouls in game four, but but how many fouls did he have in game three? You see, he's he, no, he was, no, no. there are I times guess. when it gets into your head and you become a little bit too conscious of the fact that you don't want to get fouled out and then you really cost the the, the game and then uh, I mean your 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 intensity sort of gets affected because you're too conscious because you know it's a mental game as well, Cyrus. Oh, but. Look, but when you look at the Milwaukee side, I, I think what, what Coach Bud needs to do is really motivate your likes of Bobby Portis. He can't come out at home with three points in 20 minutes, Cyrus. Bobby Portis can do better than that. Jeff Teague, I know he. we, we sometimes look at this guy like he's seen better days because Jeff Teague which is he great. Has. Which he has, but he's still a great shooter. I, yeah. I, I think maybe more touches. I mean, 10 minutes, two points. That, I mean, that... that He's but, not the, but, but, okay. He's not the primary shooter, and and I think when Chris Middleton caught fire, sometimes you just got to respect that and, and and give it to the the hot hands. And if the hot hands remain hot, keep using them because you might just mess up the flow, right? And I think that's why even Yanis only came out, and I'm saying only because he did back to back forty plus point games, and he comes out with twenty six points. But I, I think I expected him to have twenty six points, and I expected Drew Holiday. And, and Chris Middleton maybe to share a 70-point game. And that's where, you, like you said, I think Drew Holiday really, really needs to represent in Phoenix. He's, Otherwise, he's the if they're going to win in game five, Drew Holiday's got to show up. Absolutely, because I don't see Chris Middleton having back-to-back 30-plus point games. 
I, 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 I'm going to be honest with that. I, I don't expect him to get more than 30 points on the road in, in Phoenix. So if he can get 30 points and Drew Holiday can also get 30 points and then Yanis can get close to 30 points, I'll be happy with that. And I, and I think that's what they need to go for. And, and Brook Lopez, 14 points at home in 19 minutes, that's not too bad because he's not the primary you know, go-getter. It's, he's not even number three. I think he could be sitting at number four because you've got Yanis, Middleton, yeah. Holiday, then him. He doesn't even play late in games as well because of his, his, his atrocious defense uh, when it comes to these smaller players. But, but And that's the point, Counter. I think that you know players like Lopez have got to maximize their minutes. Lopez, Tucker... Quarters, um, they've got to really go out there, and and mm -hmm. I think that you know, look, I'm, I'm I don't know what a realistic expectation uh, of for, from a scoring perspective would be for somebody like Chris Middleton in a game five on the road, because I always look at it and I say, if Giannis is your your primary scorer and he's really giving everybody a hard time, mm -hmm. and he manages to get you between 25 and 30 points. You know, maybe what you don't need is Middleton to score you 30, but if he also weighs in with the between 20 and 25, and the same from, from Drew Holiday to give you 20, 25, then, you know, you're, you're in a situation where your frontline guys have gotten you 60 points um, on the board and, and you're getting bits and pieces everywhere else. The key for the, the, the Bucks really comes down to how they handle things defensively. And I think this is where the Suns will, will be well aware that they've got the home crowd on their side. They have to just go for it. They have to try and score as much as possible. Devin Booker was on fire. We have not spoken enough about how good Book was in Game Four. I mean, those forty-two points. He was just—he was Kobe-esque in the sense that he was oh, so locked uh, in. 40, 42 points and seven fouls. But anyway, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, look, I hear your seven fouls. Only five of them <laughs> called. But that's the way the cookie crumbles, right? You play that's, with the that, that's an NBA record, Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's never been a player with 42 points and seven fouls. No, there hasn't, and there still hasn't. But um, but I, I think th that's the key for for the Suns here is that they got to look at Game Five and say, okay, book. We saw what you did in Milwaukee. We know that you know when you've had a bad performance, you come back with a really focused performance after that. Let's not have another bad performance. We know we're going to need you to 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 do something special. This is a guy who can score in the 60s uh, mm -hmm. on any any given night. It's what happens with Chris Paul, though. And Chris Paul has got to be a lot more focused, got to be a lot more in the game. Um, the Bucks have harassed him nonstop. He will get, probably have a little bit more room at home because I think the refs were a little lenient in, in the way Chris Paul was being handled. I mean, people talked about Scott Foster in Game 3 and Chris Paul's issues with him and all of that nonsense. But you're at home. You've got to go for it. You've got to be more aggressive. So I think that's what the Suns are going to do. And... It's what they do on defense that will really determine what happens in this game. Because I think the Bucks know that the Suns outplayed them in game one and did the same in game two, but game two wasn't as bad as game one was. Um, mm -hmm. Even though they, 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 you know, they let in the same amount of points, 118, um, it seemed like it was a little bit closer for a larger stretch of, of that game. The Bucks' defense has got to be like next level. Like we're talking about so much smothering. Um, somebody's going to call the cops because this is an attempted murder. <laughs> you know. So, I, what do you just at the end of this portion of the podcast? What do you think is going to happen in Game Five? Cyrus, my oracles have spoken to me. Oh, they're they're, they're yammering again. Cyrus, this is going to be a, a, a game that's going to be won by the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Okay. And it's gonna okay. be it's potentially gonna be by a three-pointer coming by way of one Chris Middleton once again. Okay. Ooh. The Bucks are gonna win by three points, or they're gonna win by a through a decisive three-pointer that's gonna be a buzzer beater from Chris okay. Middleton. Okay. My oracles are speaking to me. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I can hear the drums right now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the ancestors be sending you messages. Look, for me, I, I also feel, I don't know why I can't shake this feeling that the Bucks have just picked up momentum at the right time. And this is the thing. It's a, it's a momentum thing, you know. You, you go up 2-0 um, like the Suns did. When you lose two games on the trot, you've got to do all the work to get back to the level you need to in order to win again. Whereas the Bucks have had, what works in their favor is that game four was close and they pulled it out. They knew what they needed to do. They executed down the stretch. And that was something that, that all championship winning teams do is that you can be behind. I mean, they were behind like nine points late in the fourth, if I remember correctly. And, and they managed to find the wherewithal to get it done. So I do think the Bucks will win. I do feel that. I also feel as if this might be another statement game from Giannis. I think that we're going to see something special from him. This is a guy who shouldn't have been playing because of that injury that he got in, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And game one of the finals, he was still hobbling and stuff. I don't even, it's like they got Giannis a new leg because the guy is just, <laughs> he looks fresh. He is going for it. He's so, so determined. That block on Aiton, we haven't spoken about it at all. And that was pivotal. I think we're going to, if if the Bucks win this chip, mm -hmm. that block that's going to be the highlight of the series, yeah? It, it's going to be on all the highlight reels. When Giannis is, is inducted into the Hall of Fame, they're going to play that. Yeah. And then his, yeah. you know, of course, his celebration, crying, wiping his tears with the Greek flag, and then pulling out the Nigerian flag as well. You know, I, I think... I think that 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 block was just it was spectacular it happened at the right time and it also showed the kind of hunger he has because we haven't necessarily seen that from a Suns player in this finals Aiton's had some good blocks he's had some good defense as a team they've, they've had some good defensive stops but we haven't seen a pivotal moment yet one where we said this feels like it's changed everything because i think that block showed yanis's commitment to winning this championship and I think the rest of his teammates are now like, okay, we're going to do this thing because we've got Giannis on our side. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, that's what I'm going to say on it. I think Bucks are going to win game five. I don't know whether or not it's going to be a close game, um, but I do feel it will be because, you know, they're away from home. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about the WNBA All-Star game to close out the podcast. Um, Kaolo, what struck you? What struck you about this All-Star game? I mean, before we actually get your take on it, Team USA versus Team WNBA. Um, mm -hmm. as you say, build up towards the Olympics um, coming up soon. Did that format work for you? It works exactly, Cyrus. It, it worked perfectly. I, I think it, it was a great way for the USA women's team to to check what kind of chemistry they have. And, and you know, you give them a team of WNBA All-Stars, their teammates, their rivals. So, you know, they're, they're, they're playing at the same level. It's not like you, you went and got them another team from... from you know, uh, just a random uh, uh, team to take them on. Or, you, you know, uh, maybe uh, 
may I say, a weaker team from uh, a, 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 a soon-to-be competitor as an exhibition game. This was a great way of playing an exhibition game, which isn't an exhibition game. So first of all, it added excitement for us fans because you're watching the the, 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 the women's national team, which is made up of WNBA players. Then you've got a, a whole bunch of other WNBA players who are all-stars and have been selected to compete against them. So this format, Cyrus, it, it works for me. I thought it was fantastic. Well-timed. I mean, uh, usually maybe uh, the fact that there's an Olympic uh, game coming up, you know, uh, Olympic Games coming up so close, they might have decided maybe to postpone All-Star or to cancel it altogether. But this format, Cyrus, this was, was genius. Perfect. This was, was genius. It, it, it really was. And and I mean, I, I loved what I saw. Um, it was a lot more competitive. You see, all, All-Star Games these days, there's no defense. It's not about how, how you can stop other guys. It's about, you know, or other peeps. It's, it's just about, you know, going out there and trying to give the, the, the crowd, a, uh, you know, a spectacle that they can see some moves and all of that stuff. But mm -hmm. with this, there was a, a really good competitive edge to it, you know, where the people were really going for it. And when you look at, at the scoreline, I mean, this was actually a pretty impressive 93 to 85 win for the WNBA team. Um, yep. Because there are people on that WNBA team who will be like, why Why am I not on this uh, Olympic roster? And, <laughs> you know, Rika Gumbawale, the all-star MVP with 26 mm -hmm. points, could definitely yep. say that, where she'd be like, look, you know I should be there. I mean, 10 of 18 from the field. She was 5 of 10 from three-point range. She was incredible in this. I mean, she was all over the place. Um but then you also have somebody like John Kel Jones, and you're like, how is John Kel Jones not on the Olympic roster? She had 18 points. Courtney Williams had a great game. She was, uh, you know, she had 15 points. Um, but it's, when you look at somebody like John Kel Jones, you're like, 18 points, 14 rebounds, and four assists. I mean, okay, uh, you know, some people just don't mess around. <laughs> no, Cyrus was one. Another thing that I must point out, and uh, I think I got to give. Uh, props to you and Letabo, our other partner in crime, uh, mm. from our other show uh, for the uh, roster selection, the starters. Yeah. You did notice that we were quite close. Obviously, you're going to laugh at me for not selecting Courtney Vandersloot. Uh, I just did that for TV. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I noticed that one person we didn't all pick but was selected as a starter was one Duana Bonner. I was Duana like, Bonner. aha, we, we, we missed out on Duana Bonner. And we put we we I think we all three selected uh, Liz Cambays as a starter. Yes, yes, and, and she and, didn't play. Uh, she didn't play at all. Yeah, and and I mean, look, that might be because she's you know saving herself for um, the Olympics or whatever the case may be. I'm not actually I'm not actually even sure she's playing for Australia at the Olympics, but you know you'd expect Liz Cambage to play in an All Star game. But mm -hmm. she's been an all-star a couple of times, whereas some of the people haven't had that opportunity. And it, not to say she wasn't missed, but Duana Bonner scored six points. She had four rebounds. You know, like, she was she was good, but um, she wasn't, you know, like, dominant. And and I think that's what was great about, about seeing these guys, is also seeing just who wanted to step up, did step up. I mean, for Team USA, they were led by Brittany Griner, who had 17 points. And then Brianna Stewart at 15 points, and only other double-digit scorer in this entire game was Sylvia Sylvia Fowles. Sylvia Fowles, yeah. No, Cyrus, um, but, but, but 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 the women came out to play. It it was oh, such yeah. 
a fantastic contest, Iris. I, I, I thought, uh, especially uh, in the second half, there, there was more than expected defense being played. Uh, and uh, even just the, the offensive moves and uh, and the players just going for it. Like, mm. I, I'll, I'll take it back to the MVP. Arike Ogumbawale, Cyrus. She, nice. was there, she was there to prove a point. And, and it, it's actually beautiful. I, I saw a post uh, from one of the... Um, the, the accounts I follow on socials today where they put Arike next to Yanis Atatekumpo. And I forgot that Yanis Atatekumpo is the MVP uh, yeah, for, for, for okay. this year's uh, All-Star game. And then uh, Arike Ogumbawale for the WNBA All-Star game. And that's the Nigerian invasion right there. I think it was from the, from the Afro Ballers account. Um, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and, and that, you know, because this is what's happening. It's happening everywhere. Team Niger is also showing in the men's uh, Olympic qualifiers that yep. um, that they can do it and they can mix it up with the best of them in the world. Um, it was it was strange seeing um, a sort of bit of a subdued performance from Asia Wilson. She only played 17 minutes, um, but she had eight eight points and five rebounds, four assists. And and I think maybe this is also what Team USA were looking at: is that look, go for it, have a good and a tough game, but save yourselves because. You know, you've got real things to play for coming up soon. So, mm. you know, as much as it's it, it's weird to see an all-star team beat a national team, the national team can't also, you know, give it their all because, you know, the, the chips are really on the line of the Olympics. You know, this is like where you're going to be like, okay, fine, let's see what happens there. Um, but there were some really impressive moments from a lot of the, t the players in, in this game. And, oh. you know, there was one bucket from Chelsea Gray. There was just, you know, like I, I look at Enrique, I look at Chelsea Gray and I say, these ladies play hard. They play to play win. No, Cyrus, look, with all due respect, for, for the US team, uh, this was an exhibition game of sorts. And and, and I think one thing you, you, you're very weary of is getting uh, a little too excited and then catching an injury. Yeah. Uh, two weeks before the Olympics. I mean, uh, I, I mean, Cyrus, you you do remember some years back when uh, the U.S. Yeah. national team was prepping for the Olympics, yeah. and Paul George, yeah. that, and yeah, yeah, the men's team had that unfortunate fall and uh, ended up breaking his leg, and ended yeah. up missing that Olympics. And, and, and you know, um, it's, so, so sometimes you you got to pull it back a little bit and know exactly what's what's at stake. And and yeah. but that's not to take away the fact that. There, the WNBA All Star team came to play. They did come to play because, like you said before, some of them are thinking, "Hey, I could use a spot on that lineup. I wish they had selected me." Mm -hmm. and, and you know, so let let, let let me show out, and 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 they did just that. And what's what's incredible for me is that you almost had this vision of what the production life and line of women's national basketball team members will be because the likes of sue bird and dana tarasi who didn't play in this game um they're on their way out like this is their last olympics i mean just yeah. purely from 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 an age perspective and also i mean you know it's time to give some of the younger players a chance and and you know when you look at, at the players who've been selected for mm -hmm. the national team now you've got your chelsea grays um at the guard position um you've got uh jewel lloyd is also there now imagine arika just slots right in because once mm -hmm. uh, a sue bird or dana tarasi is gone that's a guard spot and you know you know that you're going to be one of those guards that's selected so um i do think that that's something that they're really looking um forward to um, let's also not forget that Ali Quigley didn't win her third three-point contest. Uh, you mentioned that it happened. 
and um, yeah, that that lady that lady can shoot. Um, Kounder, we've come to the end of the podcast, man. Um, but I do have one more question for you. One more yeah. question, right? And I'm taking it back to the NBA. So, do you think that if the Bucks win the NBA championship, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the de facto Finals MVP? Yes, Cyrus. Uh, I, I, I don't think, besides scoring 50 points per game by somebody else at the Bucks in the next two games, anybody can take away what Yanis has been able to do, even in, in losing efforts. Yanis has been there, Cyrus. And, and it's such a story for a guy maybe 15 well, 13 to 15 days ago, we thought it was over for him for the season, Cyrus. Yeah. We thought, no, Yanis is out. He, he, that fall, that, that, that overextension of the knee, we, we thought it was he was out. And then he comes back. And not only coming back to wobble around and, and just show up, you know. Remember, we even discussed that ah, we might see him in game three or game four. Moving around, yeah. But he has come back and had such an impact, story. Cyrus. This is going to be a story for the... For the, the ages, he, yeah. in, in the conference finals, has an injury, misses the last two games. His supporting cast steps up, gets them to the finals. He comes back and says, "No, I'm in from game one." Boom, 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 takes them all the way to the end. Cyrus, yeah. this it's is Yanis's finals to win. If Yanis yes. wins, I, I, I think with all due respect, we might even start squeezing him right next to like Hakim Olajuwon a little bit, like yeah. And that was going to be my point. That was going to be my point because Yanis Tendakumpo, if he wins Finals MVP, he would be the first Nigerian since Hakim to win um, the Finals MVP award. So first African, and then. Hey 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 hey! Why are we forgetting my man Iguodala? He won Finals MVP. That is true. That is true. <laughs> 2015. Guess, Come on now. 2015. I, guess, I look at Iggy and I say, oh, yeah, Braun dropped like 30-odd points on this guy. Yo, okay. Maybe I should no, say... But he, he, won. But he won. He won. It. He won. It. He won it. No <laughs> question. No question. Okay. I'm, I'm going to rewrite the history books and uh, remove him so that we can make this narrative work. <laughs> okay. Nah, he's you're right. Not- he would right. be the second Nigerian that acknowledges that he's Nigerian to win. <laughs> I think, the I think acknowledges he's Nigerian. Um, I mean, it's tough to to even try and say say that without saying it with the Niger accent, you know. <laughs> but but I, what I do love about it is that Yanis would have come from relative unknown yep. to then become the greatest player in the NBA, back to back MVPs. Could even have been an MVP this year. Defensive um, player of the year. All-star company. Player. He, would, he would have won everything, like, if you think about it. But maybe it's, I mean, look, we're riding the Suns off here, and the Suns could easily go out and win this entire thing, and all of our narratives go out the window. Um, but for Africa, it'll be a heck of a thing. And, and I certainly hope that it does happen. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for listening to the Poster Podcast. Calendar, thank you so much for catching me in my own, uh, in my own lie. Um, it's uh, it's been emotional. It's been emotional. Yeah. Cyrus, uh, I, I, I hope the next time we, we, we're having this podcast, uh, yeah, either you be smiling and I'll be crying, or I'll be crying and you'll be smiling, and there'll be tears of joy and all, all sorts of stuff, mixed emotions. 
whatever happens, we'll be happy that um, we've been watching the NBA. And uh, that's, that's, uh, basketball is just always the winner. We love the NBA. We love the WNBA. Um, we love basketball. So thank you, everybody. And we'll see you again next time.